All right, welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. Uh, Post week 11, pre week 12, Monday here, and uh, lots of good things to unpack in this podcast with some video, etc. But our main topic before we get to some features, line movers, I do have an apology, some right and wrong, but our main feature is the game time decision. I'm going to address the myth of the game time decision. There is no such thing as a game time decision like people in the public think about it. If there were, why does media have to say, here's a true game time decision? This really is a game time decision. It reminds me, and I am guilty of this too sometimes, and I try to take it out of my vocabulary, when someone tells you, to tell you the truth, I would do this or whatever, to tell you the truth or to be honest with you, obviously there's the implication of what? You're usually not honest, you're usually not telling me the truth. So when teams say it's a true game time decision, the immediate comes up of, well, all those other times don't matter, I guess. And um, maybe, and uh, I don't really know that there's anything even a true game time decision. And I'm not calling teams out. Almost every team does it. And uh, it's almost like the injury designation of questionable. If there's any chance that you can play, questionable is reasonable. If there's any slight chance that you won't play, questionable is the designation. There's no such thing as probable anymore. Yeah, if there's only a minuscule chance you're gonna play, doubtful is what you're supposed to use. So really, if there is a uh, 99% chance that you'll play, it's questionable. And if there's a 5% chance that you'll play, it's questionable. If there's less than five, I guess you're supposed to use doubtful. That's just a rough estimate. And I'd say game time decision probably spans that five to 99% game time decision. You gotta understand, if someone's using truly game time decision, that means a lot of times it's a lot of fluff. I'll use some evidence here. First of all, uh, on my serious weekly segments a couple weeks ago, I asked Mark Dominic, former GM of the Buccaneers. I said, in your tenure as a GM, how often was it a quote true or really a game time decision? And he kind of said basically never. Um, and what he means is, you don't walk up to the line of scrimmage and decide what play you're going to call. Even if the quarterback has a chance to audible and has the authority to audible. When he's audibling, he has a, here's the pass play, but he could check to this pass play or this run play. So they go up to the line of scrimmage Yes, it's an audible, but it's not like they have 350 plays to choose from and people have to listen. When Peyton Manning is saying Omaha, he's signaling, okay, this is what we're doing next. We're going to, to the next check play or whatever it is, okay? So even in an audible situation at the line of scrimmage, you know what you're going to run. It's either this or this. There's a plan. I have never, as a team position, been in a situation where it was a game time decision where we didn't know. Now, there are situations that we say, 
take the first bus, take the early bus, let's go work out to be sure. But we're basically saying, we think he's going to play, but let's just be sure. Or, or he's projecting to play, let's just be sure. Or he's projecting not to play, let's just be sure. So to me, as a former NFL team physician, the game time decision maybe is better phrased, let's be sure what we're thinking. And the bubble thought is, we just don't want to tell the public or the other team. And I'm not calling anybody out, everybody does it. I'm just trying to break down the myth of the game time decision. It doesn't happen like we say, oh, well, they, we just don't know, and, and here we come. It leaves open the possibility of someone getting better and playing, and it leaves open the possibility of someone waking up more stiff or worse and not playing. And heck, I've been there before when we've thought that they would play, let's say a hamstring or something, and it's wet weather, and we think it's gonna, they're gonna struggle, and it becomes a game time decision due to weather. But it's just not used, so it's not impossible to have a game time decision, but the way it's used in the media and the vernacular of game time decision really doesn't exist. You gotta understand, coaches are in the building 12, 16 hours a day. Administrators, GMs are in the building 12 plus hours a day. They leave no stone unturned. The athletic trainers are there multiple, multiple hours a day. The doctors, eh, we get to come and go a little bit. We have our own practices, but it's not an arbitrary we don't know. Look, you're examining guys every day, treating them up to three times a day. You're seeing their progress. You have an idea where they're at. You have the experience of what it is. So, and decisions aren't made on the fly. This is a billion dollar business, every team, and there's a decision process of what you're gonna do. And you talk about it, and maybe there's if this, you'll do this, if this, you'll do this, but it's not arbitrary in a game time situation. Um, I'm not calling out the Panthers. I'm not calling out Coach Matt Rule, who I don't know. He's first time head coach, new. But he had a quote this week, all week, last week. Well, first of all, for a couple weeks now, I've said Christian McCaffrey's not playing with that shoulder uh, based on how they treated him with the ankle. And I think it's smart. He's a running back of the future. You don't want to burn out your running back. He's your star. He's your long-term contracted guy. And if he's not 100%, it makes sense not to play him. I mean, you're not winning the Lombardi this year. And when they did put Christian McCaffrey back on the field, he had 28 touches and would have had 30 if he didn't hurt his AC joint shoulder late in that game. But that's not the norm, right? Uh, many other teams, when you bring a guy back, you say, well, let me work him in, let me give him 10, 15 touches, a dozen touches, eight touches, then ramp him up. They went, boom, Christian McCaffrey, you're getting 30. What that tells me is they were getting that ankle 100% healthy before they played him, and they didn't want to take any chances. And once he's healthy, he's healthy, 100%, and they were gonna use him. I think the same for Teddy Bridgewater. That's why last week when he was limited at practice, playing, hinting towards playing, all the coach speak about playing, I kept saying, I don't think he's going to play based on the MCL. And in last week's podcast, we talked about it. Teddy is great. First year with the team though. He's not Big Ben in terms of familiarity who can like do nothing all week, 
COVID or his MCL. He had a similar MCL and just go out and play. And some of you saw that joke where apparently Big Ben asked Mike Tomlin, can I just not practice and play? And Big Ben and Mike Tomlin said, see you Wednesday, right, at practice. But Big Ben can get away with that because he's a veteran. Teddy Bridgewater needs to practice. He's also more mobile. And he's also their guy of the future, so they don't want to burn him out and get him injured a different way if he can't escape the pass rush or make his knee injury worse, etc. So that's why I didn't think he was going to play. And I think the Panthers knew that the whole time. I think their game-time decision and whatever was to leave open the small possibility if all of a sudden he made a jump in his knee, but also to legally leave it up in the air for the opposing team. And it's legal. We've talked about the Patriots doing that before. Other teams do it too. It's not illegal. But Matt Rule said, look, uh, Christian McKay, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was 80 to 85%, and he thought it was smart not to play him at 80 85%. Yeah, that's true. But let me tell you, I've said many times here, 85% is a good day when it's week 11 in the NFL. Uh, you ask other players. Uh, and I'm not saying Teddy didn't want to play or Christian doesn't want to play. I'm sure they do. But the coaching decision is to be smart with their stars of the future and not put them out there at 80 or 85%. Now, if this were a playoff game or something for the Panthers, I guarantee you both Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater would be playing. But this wasn't a surprise to Coach Matt Rule 80, 80, that he was going to be 80 85%. And by the way, if he, uh, I believe a couple of national reporters reported Sunday morning that Teddy Bridgewater would play would be active but then it turned out even if he was active he would only have been the emergency quarterback and they decided not to activate him so maybe that's a last minute decision change okay he's not going to start we're not going to tell the world he can be an emergency guy but oh maybe let's not make him the emergency guy but for a host of reasons game time decision as we think about in the public is a fallacy is a myth. The doctors, the trainers, the position coaches, the players, the GM, the head coach, really the other players on the team for the most part already know where this is heading. And uh, it's like calling that play at the line of scrimmage. This is the play we're going to run, but if we see an eight-man box, we're going to audible out to this. That's the only decision that's, that's being made. Uh, whether it's a true game time decision or game time decision, I think that terminology is overused. Just like someone saying, to tell you the truth, game time decision is overused. I say that as a, uh, as a joke there. All right, let's move on to uh, our new feature here, Align Movers. If you go to Pro Football Doc, uh, the homepage here, uh, you can sign up if you haven't signed up yet. Uh, we're in the midst of putting up some featured games already, but if you go to the videos, we have some line, line movers here, and it started at 3 o'clock on uh, Sunday, Pacific Time. We put up Houston versus Detroit, thinking that Dondre Swift is not playing, Kenny Galladay likely not, Danny Amendola likely not, 
and uh, the line was Houston minus one and a half. We thought it would continue in Houston's direction. It's at two and a half now. May get to three. At 3.30 yesterday, and they're all time stamped on here, we put up Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, thinking that potentially three of Baltimore's front seven. The Pittsburgh game wasn't over yet. It was, sorry, the Baltimore game wasn't over yet. Uh, uh, the Baltimore was morning. The Baltimore game was over. The Colts game was still on. In any case, um, the, with Matthew Judon's ankle sprain, with Kalei Campbell's calf, with Brandon Williams and nose tackles, ankle, three of the front seven for the Ravens are likely going to be, have medical issues. And we thought the line would move. And when we posted it at 3.30 on Sunday, the FanDuel line was minus 2.5 for Pittsburgh. It's now minus 4. Washington-Dallas, we think uh, with Ezekiel Elliott's performance and some other things, that that line may move slightly. It hasn't yet. Uh, Carolina-Minnesota with what we talk about. By the way, Teddy and Christian McCaffrey. I think there's at least a 50-50 chance they're not playing in week 12 because there's a week 13 bye. And I think they actually prefer to play Teddy and Christian at 100%, which would be week 14. So we'll see if there's more game time decisions this week on those two. But we think that line will move uh, towards Minnesota. Uh, it started at three and a half. I think it's at four and a half right now. Obviously, the Bengals line's moving on, or has moved based on Joe Burrow. They were the favorite. Now they're the underdog. And uh, in this, in the rundown, you'll see there's a host of San Francisco 49er players getting healthy, off COVID lists, off hamstrings. Ayuk, Debo Samuel, at least a couple of the running backs, Trent Williams, Richard Sherman. And we think that line's going to move. That opened at Rams minus seven. Uh, San Francisco plus seven. Now it's six and a half at FanDuel. So take a look at some of these features for some of the line movers in terms of what it is. And we'll go through a little bit some of the uh, right and wrongs here for the week. We'll do it quickly here. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater out. We talked about that. Tyler Lockett to play on Thursday. He did and played well. Chris Carson continued to miss, although Chris Carson, I think, finally will get close after this this week. Might be his first realistic chance. Uh, Devontae Adams would be fine. Those are all good. I missed on, I thought Gardner Minshew would play, but he did not. It was still closely close. A, uh, a coaching decision. Sammy Watkins, I thought he could play with his hamstring, and I think he could. It was the calf that held him out, so that's technically wrong. Um, Drew Locke played and played fine. That was uh, technically right. But just going over some of the calls to keep ourselves, uh, myself, honest here. And then uh, before we get on to the injury rundown and the beast of the week, I want to issue an apology if I offended anybody. It, uh, look, for those of you who watch the podcast and follow, you know I do injury news. Uh, a lot of players historically are my friends, and I don't like reporting on injuries. I'm, I was honestly uh, sick to my stomach when Ryan Shazier went down a couple years ago and went limp. I don't revel in these injuries. I knew instantaneously Joey Burrow's injury was bad. It was a classic ACL, MCL. For those of you who follow me know that 
I used to in the beginning, and I got a lot of grief from people when I said, and I still remember it, it was Thursday night football game several years back. I said, Geno Atkins tore his ACL. I got so much hate from Bengals fans where they're like, how do you know you're on your couch? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm just giving my impression. And so if you notice, I always say, hope not, evidence for, fear this, you know, kind of thing. And it's true. It more accurately respects, reflects what I think, which is, it is just video. It can't be perfect. We're proud of being in the mid-90s in terms of when we opine on stuff being right, but that leaves open chances where we're wrong, and we don't want to wish ill will on people. If you go back and look at my Joe Burrow video, and we'll go over it in the part two of the podcast here, I honestly felt it was an MCL and ACL, where ACL and MCL, however you want to put it, but I led with the MCL saying, I know it's that, I fear the ACL, let's hope not, because I'm trying to stay optimistic and leave things open. And I will admit to you, I've always known an ACL was torn before we left the field. And we end up telling people, and if players say, Doc, what do you think? I said, do you really want to know? Yes. I said, well, I'm worried about your ACL being torn. I don't bring them the news that your ACL is torn. A, I think that's egotistical. It's just my hands. We'll get the MRI. Let's leave hope alive. Let's let you down easy. And some players have followed up with me and said, no, 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 really tell me, do you think it really is torn? And then I'll say, you really want to know? If they say yes, yes, I do. But I hope I'm wrong, you know, with the MRI. So that's what I'm trying to reflect. And I guess I sort of made a mistake this week in the heat of this, that, the other. Joe, Joey Burrow put out, thanks for all the love, can't get rid of me that easy, see you next year. And... I replied on that timeline, and maybe I shouldn't have, and I apologize. I certainly wasn't trying to tweet at Joey Burrow. Look, the guy has millions of followers. I mean, he's not reading my tweet. I'm not trying to say, ha-ha, Joey Burrow, you tore your ACL. If you watch the video, I'm trying to say this is what happened, lead leg. I'm not trying to do that. If anything, I was tweeting, get well soon, Joey, see you in 2021, to say, yes, he will be coming back. And knowing that the people that are going to see this on social media, it's not going to be Joey Burrow that sees this. It's going to be other fans that see Joey Burrow's timeline. And I'm going to say, well, here's info on what I think it is. So if it got misconstrued, I apologize to... Joey Burrow, Bengals fans, anybody. I wasn't trying to say, ha ha, you tore your ACL. I was just saying, look, you're right. You're going to get better, get well soon. And for those interested, knowing full well Joey Burrow, there's no way he's going to see this. Um, here's in case you're curious what it is. But maybe I'll just stay away from that. I know that uh, when I have, uh, I always tag players with an at. Uh, but when there is a serious injury, usually I'll just hashtag or whatever and because so people don't get mad. And maybe this is a time where I didn't handle the social media correctly. But for that, I apologize. But I hope you all know where I'm coming from on all this in terms of injuries and, uh, and what we do. And if you think differently, let me know. Tweet at me. I'll, I'll be happy to answer you. So I apologize for that. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, part two, which is the injury rundown and then our Beast of the Week for the Pro Football Doc Podcast. 
All right, welcome to the Pro Football Doc podcast. Uh, the injury rundown segment and the beast of the week. As every week, we'll go through by position and uh, we'll even show you some uh, video here. Um, starting with quarterbacks, uh, Teddy Bridgewater with his MCL, we talked about in segment number one. Uh, Gardner Minshew with his thumb did not play, but I really think he's ready to go this week. Uh, and it's a coaching decision now whether it's Luton or Gardner Minshew in terms of Doug Marone. Drew Brees, we've talked about at length, he will return to play and be fine in December. Uh, it's just a matter of when, mid to late. Uh, Drew Locke did fine with his oblique uh, muscle intercostal and played. Matt Stafford, Stafford played with his ulnocleidal ligament partial tear in his thumb uh, and didn't do so well, but it might not have been Matt Stafford. It may have been lack of talent around him, but he should be fine. <clears throat> and then uh, Sam Darnold will, uh, at this point, it's a coaching decision whether to, uh, to play Sam Darnold or not, because uh, he's good to go in terms of his AC joint. Uh, interesting to see what happens there. Uh, the other coaching decision at quarterback is going to be Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky for the Bears this coming week. The Bears, Matt Nagy will have a choice. I think Foles will be ready to go, even though he was carted off with that hip slash gluteal contusion. And I think Trubisky will be ready to go from his shoulder subluxation, throwing shoulder a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think what's gonna happen is whoever he decides on, he's going to say the other guy's not 100%. So it gives him cover to switch around. But Foles and Trubisky will both be up and ready to go. And of course, uh, the big news this week is Joe Burrow. It's all but been confirmed that he has an ACL tear. And let me take you to some video here at the uh, website, uh, profootballdoc.com. Uh, and if you haven't signed up, sign up for free. It's just your email and a password. There's no credit card, there's no ads, no nothing. And we put up all these, there's all these different features, but we go to in-game video here, and uh, you see a bunch of line movers. But this is what we posted in game uh, minutes after Joe Burrow's injury and unfortunately it has come true but we'll show it to you here. We hate to break in like this with video but Joe Burrow injury does not look good. It's a fairly classic lead leg injury. This is why quarterbacks often wear the brace in the lead leg prophylactically because and this is also why it's illegal to be hit down low uh this is can be what happens we'll run through it a couple times here the fast rush comes and he gets hit down low on the knee i'll rewind it again here i'll try and go slowly this time and this front left leg and he's about to get, I don't think it was a penalty because he got blocked into there, but still you can see the defender hitting him low. There's his knee. There's a hyperextension, the valgus right to the left knee there. There's no other replay than that. 
but the worry here is a MCL sprain slash tear as well as an ACL tear. Of course, that would be the end of his season. This is somewhat reminiscent back in the day of Carson Palmer, another Bengal in that playoff game, rolled up lead leg, ACL, MCL. You can see him holding his left knee here. I always say don't judge reaction. We're just judging the video. He is carted off. Uh, we hope to be wrong, but currently the belief is that his season will be done with an ACL, MCL tear. There's a doctor checking his ACL right there, and that is our fear with what's going on. Well, in any case, um, and then that's just an idea of what we do when we show things in, in game at profootballdoc.com. I don't have much to add to that. Uh, Ian Rappaport has said they fear ACL. We almost always know before we come off the field, they just leave hope alive. So unfortunately, it's Joe Burrow with an ACL tear and MCL tear. And, uh, you know, don't love giving the bad news, but I think it's our job to give you what we see and, uh, and what we know. Uh, he should be ready by the start of next season. Um, will he be 100% the start of next season? Maybe not, but I, you know, uh, if he were a position player than quarterback, it might be a bigger deal. But I think he can play through. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo came back and played through. I think he will recover fully. This is not the end of his career. Carson Palmer with the Bengals, uh, you know, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, that wild card game, second play, same thing. Tom Brady wears that brace on his lead leg right now because of the same thing. Um, that's just where you're vulnerable. Let's move on to some uh, running backs. Um, Thursday games this week, a full slate, three Thursday games. The first one is the Lions. Uh, the Lions. Uh, game. They always host a game. They're hosting the Texans. And uh, the Lions, Dondre Swift uh, may not play due to concussion. It's unclear when he got his concussion. If it were delayed symptoms from the previous week, then uh, obviously he missed this Sunday here against the Dolphins. But he could easily miss Thursday as well. And that's part of our line movers thing. So Dondre Smith easily could miss with concussion. David Montgomery came off the bye with the Bears. Should be back from his concussion for uh, the uh, Bears game this coming week. Christian McCaffrey with his shoulder. AC joint. Once again, I think he could play. But you know what? Given that there are no buys week 12... But week 13, the Panthers have a bye. I think there's a reasonable chance the Panthers say, look, let's just get Christian McCaffrey completely healthy before we play them. And uh, we play him, and we talked about that in the first segment. Uh, so I think it's possible he still misses. The news on Rex Burkhead, it's not official yet, but by video and by early reports is an ACL tear, ACL-MCL as well. His season is over with surgery. It's going to be hard for Rex Burkhead to be ready for the start of the season. I'm expecting him to need PUP at the start of the season. Uh, Sony Michelle uh, is back from his quad. He's on the active roster but didn't play, but now he probably will. Joe Mixon continues to be a mystery. He just got put on injured reserve. 
And, you know, some are comparing it to the A.J. Green mystery last year with the Bengals where he missed the whole season. Joe Mixon's not the whole season, but it's close. But this late add to IR, minimum three weeks, so he could come back. But I'm starting to think that he might not. And uh, he might, you know, have that Liz Frank injury that ends up needing surgery like Cam Newton did. Remember, Cam Newton was a preseason injury, returned to play, but it lingered, then was out, out, out. And then in December had surgery. Obviously, he's fine this year, so that's good. LaMichael Perrine with an ankle injury. Don't think it's significant. And uh, some good news on the horizon. The 49ers were on a bye this past week. But Raheem Mostert with his ankle, Tevin Coleman with his knee, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. with his calf, Jarek McKinnon with Stinger, all four of them could be ready to go this week. I think at least two of the four will be. And I think it's going to be Kyle Shanahan's dealer's choice which one is. So there is some help coming for the 49ers, and that's why we made them one of our line movers as well. I think uh, that line started at, uh, at San Francisco plus seven against the Rams. The Rams are minus seven, and it's already gone to six and a half. And the final one I want to talk about here is Austin Eckler. I get so many questions about Austin Eckler. And uh, here's a video of Austin Eckler that he put up of him sprinting. First of all, note it's a sped up video. And he said he'll be back soon. I still see the hitch in his gait. But look at how long it takes for him to slow down. Right, And so I think, based off that, I said, good to hear. December is not that far away. And I still think it's December. I don't think Eckler's playing. Eckler didn't play last week. I don't think Eckler is playing this week. The first week of December is the first chance. Here's some more video over the last week or two of Eckler from his own Instagram. You can see this non-sped up video running. This is a week earlier. Hardly the picture of someone who's ready to go. This was just a week, I think, earlier than the previous picture. And uh, here, uh, doing some rehab. Look, he's making progress. He's doing a good job. I think he's going to be back. But like I said, I still don't think this week, December at the earliest for Austin Eckler. Um, wide receiver, more San Francisco help. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Wide receivers, Ayuk off of COVID, Debo with the hammy should be able to go. And heck, they're going to get Trent Williams off of COVID too. So lots of help for the 49ers coming back off the bye. Uh, heck, they got nowhere else to go but up. And uh, we'll jump ahead a little bit, but even at tight end, George Kittle. I don't think he's coming back this week, but I do think he will be back in December. I don't think it's season ending for George Kittle. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Adam Humphreys missed with a concussion. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola with a hip with a short week on Thursday, along with DeAndre Swift. I think they're very iffy, Galladay, Amendola, which is why we made them a line movers. Based on their injury announcements, the Houston line is, is going up. Last I saw, it was one and a half. Now it's two and a half, and it might go to three. Randall Cobb, I think, has a significant turf toe injury on his touchdown, and I think he will be out uh, for injured reserve and maybe potentially season. 
Kenny's still dealing with his quad. LaVisca Cheneau with a hamstring. Hopefully we'll be able to go next week. John Brown coming off the previous knee, then ankle injury, coming off a bye. Hopefully he'll be able to go. Uh, Juju and his ankle, there was a lot made of that. Let's go to the uh, video here of Juju and the ankle. Here we go. Here he goes. Uh, he left with a toe injury earlier and then returned to the game. So this is different. This is an ankle. You watch, he steps on the flag, and very quickly you'll see it's a mild inversion basketball sprint right there. I'll try and freeze it if my timing is good. He steps on the flag. Oops, I was a little late there. You see the ankle turning inward slightly. Uh, Mike Tomlin's playing coy. I think it was more the uh, score in the fourth quarter that prevented Juju from coming back. I think Juju with his ankle and toe should be fine this week for the Steelers as they take on the Ravens. And the concern there is the Ravens front seven, and we'll get to that for that game there. Uh, there are other uh, examples of flag injuries. We all remember Orlando Brown, Zeus, they called him, the flag in the eye. That was 1999, and that's how old we are, or I am, I guess. He's 6'7", 360 pounds, hit in the right eye with the flag with the BBs. Uh, unfortunately, he's passed away, I think, since then. But uh, he did sue the NFL, and apparently he got a settlement of... Uh, uh, 15 or 25 million or something, but uh, in any case, and he missed like a year or two with that eye before he came back. Anyways, uh, this is, shouldn't be anything like that. Don Charles Inman with a hamstring, <coughs> excuse me, and Sammy Watkins with a hamstring, and really calf injury was what kept him out of the uh, Chiefs uh, Raiders game. Tight end, we talked about Kittle, lots of offensive line injuries, Roger Saffold ankle. Uh, Russell Okung still with the left with with the calf injury. Uh, Lane Johnson's a big new one. Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey returned to the game with a hyperextended elbow with a brace, like we said. He came back after halftime. Jason Peters has been limping around uh, all season. Lane Johnson's had ankle, knee, shoulder. Now he's got some sort of neck issue. Look, I, I know Lane Johnson's a gamer and wants to play. Jason Peters um, on his last legs, literally. Uh, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if Lane Johnson, and I wouldn't blame him, finally called it quits and went on injured reserve. I mean, it's just not been his year. Uh, he's been trying. He hasn't finished the majority of his games, and now a neck issue on top of everything else. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall for Lane Johnson, unfortunately. And the Eagles are all of a sudden heading the wrong direction again. They've got, they were getting healthier, now they've gotten more injuries going back down the other way. Um, Andres Pete with a concussion, we'll have to follow that. George Fant with an ankle. Brandon Smith, the Colts right, with his thumb dislocation, I was surprised he missed, but he should be back for the next big Titans game. Shout out to the Colts for the come behind victory and and uh, Philip Rivers. Oh, and I almost forgot, Philip Rivers on his foot. How could I forget that? Uh, injured, or his toe, really. Philip Rivers injured his toe uh, actually on a blocking play. He blocked Zadarius Smith, and I believe injured his toe. And it's, I think it's a turf toe type injury, as I wrote about at OutKick. 
you know, he missed a little bit of play here and there, but it was almost for scheme. They were third and twos, and um, I think he's going to play through. He's, what, got 234 consecutive starts as a quarterback. He's missed, uh, he hasn't missed games for a lot more than that, including an ACL tear, rib fractures, other things. I don't see how this toe is going to slow him down. And I say that tongue-in-cheek to my friend Philip Rivers. Uh, he's not that fast to begin with, so I don't think the toe injury slows him down. And he's got a strong enough arm and enough guile to play through it, so I don't think Phillip Rivers will miss anything here. Um, that was a big one that I had forgotten. Thank you. So, But he should get his right tackle, Brandon uh, Smith, back as well. Um, Trent Brown, uh, COVID reserve lifts coming off. Ali Marpet with a concussion. The Patriots left tackle Isaiah Wynn with an MCL injury in the last two minutes of the game. I think he may miss some time. The, the Patriots offensive line has been a lot of questionables. And then we have uh, on other defensive injuries. Richard Sherman, another 49er getting healthy, should finally be back from his calf injury. Jadavian Clowney going the other way. I'm looking that he might need a knee scope for his meniscus tear. J.N. Brown, the middle linebacker of the Titans, fractured dislocation of the elbow likely means his season. A radial head fracture and dislocation of the elbow. I think his season is done. A trio on the front seven, Kalei Campbell for the Ravens, calf. Brandon Williams, nose tackle, ankle. Matt Judon left the overtime game with an ankle injury. Reviewed the video, and I think the news is better. I think it's a mild inversion ankle sprain. If this were a Sunday game, Judon would play for sure. A Thursday game, I think he's got a chance. But I think the news of Judon, Campbell, and Williams on the injury reports will continue to drive that line. It opened at Pittsburgh minus two and a half, and we talked about it on line movers. And uh, as of this recording is Pittsburgh minus four already across that key three number. I think that's the reason why. No surprise, Miles Garrett misses a second game due to COVID. We talked about that last week. It's within the 10-day within win, window. Denzel Ward in the secondary with an M Ryan's calf. That's going to be one to uh, follow there. Jets' uh, top two corners on injured reserve. Clennon uh, Farrell with the positive COVID. Uh, Jaguars lost two other depth corners. Cravon LeBlanc. Ankle, high ankle, grade two, probably injured reserve and may or may not make it back this season. And the Bears, Akeem Hicks coming off the bye with his hamstring, I think is still iffy for this week. So we've got a, quite a list building up of uh, the injury uh, rundown here. Please go to profootballdoc.com for any questions. And uh, we'll close out with the beast of the week here. The Beast of the Week is really a simple one. I'm not trying to repeat. I just think it's so fantastic. And I will admit, I continue to doubt him. I'm not, no, I take that back. I'm not doubting him. I'm just trying to say the fact that he's not 100%. He can't be with that leg injury if you look at the video from last week's podcast. Alex Smith. But hats off to Alex Smith, Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, Norv Turner's son. Uh, great job as offensive coordinator. They got a victory. Alex Smith's first victory in two years. I mean, he's been playing okay, but the Washington football team got a victory with Alex Smith 
the guy, go back to last week's video podcast if you're not uh, easily grossed out and look at those pictures. I think it's the 720 mark of the podcast. And you'll see why he's the Beast of the Week. He won a football game. So congrats to Alex Smith, Beast of the Week, Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, the Washington football t team, and uh, hats off to uh, all of them. And we'll chat again next week, Pro Football Doc po Podcast, and uh, all week long, videos, posts, field view, injury index, line movers.